Just past five o'clock. Look at here. It's a Friday. What do you think? Yes. And it's time to ask the preacher because the weekend can't start until we do that. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church of North Lakeland. God had mercy on me, on me. God had mercy on me. Ask the Preacher, and here's your host, John Freed. Welcome to the program, everybody. Happy Friday, February 24th. And uh, George Locke, uh, I, I don't know whether that was talking to you or introducing you at, at, at the same time. I don't know. Both. Everybody put your hands together and welcome George Locke into the studio. Hello to all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. It is great to be back in studio with you. John, thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, folks, just a reminder, you too can join in on the conversation. You can ask a question either on topic or off topic. Uh, you can share your comments or thoughts with us by calling 863-682-1430. You can also go to ask thepreacher.com and on askthepreacher.com you can find the phone number in case you forget it you can submit a question that we will do our best to answer on the next show and you can also check out previous shows uh, on there so the number one more time to call in is 863-682-1430 and we get told on a regular basis um you know oh the the that, that was a great show and i'm like well why didn't you call in oh i didn't want to interrupt you or whatever so uh we figured the uh, the topic of discussion today would be silence. That's just a joke, um, but that way you know that people would actually call in. Uh, but no, we we understand that uh, George and I are just riveting to listen to, and so you may not want to <laughs> interrupt. But yes, I, hey, I I like nerdiness. It's not my fault. I like I like digging deep in the nerdy stuff. Honestly, though, in in our opinion, it is uh, the, the best shows are the ones where we know we have corresponded well with our audience, and so we really do uh, appreciate you you calling in. Um, but uh, whether you do or whether you don't, the show must go on. Uh, folks, I, I want to invite you to Believers Fellowship Church this weekend. I know we do this every Friday, um, but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's. It's it's a celebration on on Sunday and and Jesus shows up. Uh, he doesn't show up. Well, I was going to say he doesn't show up in flesh, but in reality, he he does through all the people that walk in in the door. Um, but the the tangible presence and power of God is in that room, and I I want to sincerely invite you to come, not so that we can have more people in the building, but so that you can experience uh, a, a touch from God. Um, Jesus, uh, and we'll talk about this in, in today's program, at least it'll come out some, but uh, Jesus isn't an idea. Uh, he's great to think about, but he's not an idea. Uh, Jesus isn't just a feeling. He's great to feel, and to, to, to feel his presence, and to know that he's in the room, and to have that feeling, if you will. It's great, it's awesome, but he's not just a feeling. There's, there's so much more, um, but there are people that know about Jesus and never get to know Jesus, and we don't want you to be one of those people. We, we want you to know Jesus, not, not just through the Word, but we want you to know Him through the reality of the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we want you to have a, a living, breathing, talking, walking relationship with a living God, uh, and, and I, I, I promise you, 
if when you come to Believers Fellowship, you will meet people that love Jesus, and and you will see and know the love of Jesus through the people that are there in that building. But you will also meet and and see and and feel and and hear and and whatever all those all those ideas. Uh, the the real living God in the room with us, and people getting saved and healed and delivered, and and the revelation light of God coming into people's lives, and and they they realizing that there is a God in heaven who loves you and and is is there for you, and we want you to know that as well. So that was a long way of saying I want to invite you to come this weekend every service. But uh, you know this weekend, George, we actually have uh, somebody who I am just getting to know more and more. I've known him for a few years now, but uh, spent a little bit of time with him this week. Um, a young man from England, his name is John. It's a great name, J O N, spelled just like mine. Uh, John Collier is his name, and uh, just. Just uh, is is a is a man in love with Jesus, and uh, he wants to see other people experience that as well. And so he will be with us this Sunday. It, it will be uh, an amazing two services, nine a.m. and eleven a.m. and and I I can't promise that they will be short. I can't promise that they will be uh, clear and defined. They may just run all over the place like mush. Um, but it it's gonna be it's gonna be. Um, to use a, a modern-day buzzword, it's going to be epic. Yeah, this weekend, nine and eleven. So you're, you're invited to you're invited to come. Hey, and just a reminder: if you can't make it there physically, you can always watch by going to believersfellowship.com and uh, interact with the service that way. Yeah, that's true. Believersfellowship.com. So. Hey, George, question for you. Yeah. All right, so this will dive in a little bit towards our topic today. Got just a, um, about a minute and thirty seconds before we have to go to our first break. Um, do the Muslims believe in Jesus? Absolutely, they do. They do. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it, could it possibly be um, maybe a different Jesus or some different element of definition of who that Jesus really is? Yeah, it's oh, okay. The who. Yeah, who? the who? The the not World the Health Organization? Oh, not, not the, the band. Not, okay, not, not the them band, either. Not, not the, okay, uh, how about the Jews? Uh, do Jews believe in in they in Jesus most. Uh, would say they believe in a historical figure of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Um, atheists uh, often can believe in, in Jesus. The Some of the most staunch apologists for atheists, like Richard Dawkins or Christopher Hitchens, has uh, on record said you, you can't deny that there was a historical figure of Jesus. It's uh, irrational to do that. Um so the, the the point that I'm I'm going down here, and this is where our discussion will will be aimed around today, is um, the, the the biggest question becomes, you know, well, who is that Jesus? Who did Jesus say he was? Who did God say he was? Who who really is Jesus? Uh, and was he was he just a man uh, written down in in history who did some pretty cool stuff? Uh, is he really uh, the Son of the Living God? Uh, is is he the savior of the world? Is he just a prophet? Was he a great teacher? Was he a great philosopher? Who is Jesus? Before we go to break, I want to ask a rhetorical question or kind of answer a question. To me or to others? To everybody. Okay. Why is this conversation important? Here's why I think it's important. Jesus said, in that day, what day? When you're standing before him. He says, in that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. Haven't we done all of these great works in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity mm-hmm. or lawlessness. I never knew you. And so here's what's interesting about that. There are people who have Jesus or a Jesus as their Lord. 
They are serving him and worshiping him and following a Jesus as Lord. But is it the right Jesus? We're going to talk about it when we come back from the break, because it might be the most important question you have to answer. That's right. So uh, stay tuned with us. And if you'd like to join the conversation, dial in 863-682-1430. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George and John too. First billing. Look at that. Right. Going places. Well, hey, just a reminder, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Uh, Today, we're going to try to dig a little deep, and I personally want to try to offend your Christian sensibilities, and and in my opinion, uh, maybe share some some thoughts of mine that um, I think are vitally important, And, and we're talking generally about who... Jesus is and and trying to define who he is based on yeah. the scripture. Um, yeah, before before we get into uh, mm-hmm. what what we intend to talk about today, we do have a caller. Always happy to have a caller. And uh, so, James, welcome to the Ask the Preacher program. How y'all doing this day? Excellent, sir. Thank hey, you for joining us. No, this is on topic. In fact, it's like a nerve <laughs> that it just hit. Uh, I have talked with people before, a Hindu, a Muslim, I'm Jewish. Every time I try to talk with these people, I like to know right now that the ones that I have talked with, they automatically are stout in their faith. They are not going to change come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell you that way, but that's the truth. They automatically know that... That's what they believe, and I always try to tell them, I said, this is what our scriptures clearly states, that Jesus is the only way, and this is the only way you can get to heaven. And every time that I get to that point, it's like they already put their barrier up, it's a wall, and they know that this is what I am going to stick with, and that means my faith, if it's the Koran, or if it's going to be the, you know, the, the Torah, uh, if they, it's going to be the Muslims, you know, faith, whatever it may be, it is always going to be the same thing. They will stick to their guns. Yeah, you How know, do you break that wall is what my question to you is. Well, I, that's a great question. I, I want to before we, I, George, you started to answer that question, I think. But um, before we go to that question, I, I wanted to uh, deal with part of the principle behind that. Um, in one sense, I actually honor their strong stance. Uh, I think they're wrong, and Scripture shows that they are wrong. Um, but one, what I mean by what I'm saying is, um, and this is part of the purpose for this discussion today, Christians often don't know what they believe, and if they have an idea of what they believe, um, they don't know why they believe it. And so you, you get some other people from other faiths, and they have strong beliefs, they know why they believe it, and they're not moving from it. They, they may be wrong, and they have been hidden from uh, particular things, and so they, but they have strong belief. I find it very interesting that, I, I guess I'll say most, I, I want to give you know, believers the benefit of the doubt, but it seems like most Christians don't have a strong conviction as to knowing why they believe what they believe— and so they very quickly crumble or, or fall apart. So in one sense, I applaud the Hindus that really know what they believe. I applaud a Muslim who really knows what they believe. They've taken it with a level of seriousness. It matters to them. They stake, so to speak, their eternal being on it, and they really do. 
Uh, again, they're, they're wrong, even according to Scripture. But many Christians, uh, they're just wishy-washy. They believe something because, well, that's what my pastor or preacher said. You know, I, I can't tell you how many how many Christians I run into. They say they go to such and such church, and I say, oh. Uh, um, and I'll know who their pastor of that church is. Not always, but sometimes I do. And I'll say, oh, who's your pastor? Oh, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name. You know, I hadn't been in about four or five years or whatever. Uh, it's it's just, oh, that's frustrating to me sometimes where people don't know why they believe what they believe. Okay, so that's a principle towards what you were saying, uh, James. But how do we break? So this is your real question. How do you, how do you break that strong belief in something that, that is, is so apparently wrong um, George, you started to answer earlier. Yeah, well, the, the short answer is uh, you can't. I mean, that's – you can't. Uh, a prime example is – Can we underline you? For, yeah, for you yeah. can't. We as individuals can't do it. Uh, the, the Bible makes it pretty clear that folks are blind spiritually, and they are held captive by these other gods, these other spiritual entities that blind them to the one true God. And you can, generally speaking, I, I run a, a branding company, my, my business, Polk Technology Solutions. We help companies grow. And one thing that I constantly try to tell people is human beings are machines. The engine that drives us is emotion, and what steers us is the intellect. Now, when you preach, which is vitally important, Paul says people cannot be saved unless it's the foolishness of preaching. So when you preach to people, you can communicate with their emotions. In fact, Jude tells us that, that some are saved by fear, by fear and, 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 and saved that way. They're driven by the emotions. But that only goes so far. It won't necessarily keep them. <clears throat> right, right. It'll, it, it'll it drives them, them to the truth, yeah. but it doesn't keep them. The next is the intellectual part of it. You can show people beyond any shadow of a doubt the truth of who Jesus is, but they just won't care. And the prime example of that is you have people nowadays who are men with beards dressed in dresses, calling themselves women, mm -hmm. ignoring the reality that they're men. Reality and truth has no meaning to them. It's irrelevant. Because they don't They're, they're they going to go care. down yeah. with the ship. Uh, question, is it possible that they were brought up that way through their parents? Well, sure. it's, it's possible that they were steered, they were taught, that was the intellect steering yeah. them in, so in that in that, that direction. That, sure. That's kind of a nature versus nurture, psychological, you know, what really uh, causes a person to be the way they are. Is it their nature because or is it their nurture? It could be generations of this, and yeah. that's what you're fighting. It, I'll hang up and let uh, other people call in. Have a nice well, day. Well, it can be. And so, James, the, the, James thank you so thank much you. for, for a, calling. That Glad was a good question. Keep, keep listening with us. The, the real answer is we preach, and we allow the Holy Spirit to convict people. And conviction isn't an emotional thing. Con conviction isn't an intellectual thing. It goes to the conscience yeah. of men, and it convicts their, their spirit, and the Holy Spirit will draw them into truth of who he is and bring them into relationship yeah, based on spirit and truth. So our job is to preach. Our job is to provide them the truth, and then we allow the Holy Spirit to convict and they choose to either surrender to the Holy Spirit or not. Yeah, Romans 1.16 uh, says, I am not ashamed of the gospel <laughs> of Christ. And those yeah. are three important words. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, yeah, what, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Well, what is the gospel of Christ? 
it is the power of God unto salvation. And so um, that that gospel of of the anointing that was on Jesus, uh, that that gospel, that good news, that message is the power of God unto salvation. And so, you know, we could look at this from a variety of, of facets, uh, lots lots of different ways, and you know, we could we could um, talk about people getting saved. They have an emotional experience. They come to an altar. They they pray a prayer, uh, and then within a short period of time later, they fall away. Well, Jesus gave the parable parable about seed being sown, and and immediately the fowl of the air come and steal away the seed, or the sun comes and scorches and burns it up, or weeds and thistles come and it and it doesn't take on root and and it dies. You know, uh, and then there are seed that that grows and, and bears fruit. My, my point is, is to say the emotional experience is not an evidence of salvation. Um, neither is great knowledge. There are people that have read—so uh, I'm talking about the, the two facets that, that you uh, uh, right. uh, approach there. Uh, there are a lot of people, they've studied the Bible inside and out. They can quote Scripture in verse, but they don't have a relationship uh, with the living God. And, um, and so you have, you have people who have had um, tremendous experiences— uh, if they told the story, you'd be like, wow, that was powerful, but yet they still walked away. Yeah. And then you have people have have tremendous knowledge, and you're like, wow, you know so much, but they have no relationship. Um, and I don't want to be in either one of those things. Um, I, I want to reference just something to what James was saying. We have very little time until we have to go uh, on on a to a to a break. Um, but uh, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except by me. And so uh, James referenced the the uh, that Jesus is the only way, and and He is, and He is. And I, I've often said this, and it's a little bit risky in saying this. Uh, there is only one way into the kingdom of God, and that is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. But then I've said this. But there are many ways to Jesus. Now that's the scary part. Because I am not advocating for somebody to go explore these other ways, but I, I will say it this way, and so I hope you don't separate my heart from my words. If you are on a quest to find out who Jesus really is, if you are on a quest for truth and you are saying, show me truth, I want to know truth, um, you might explore many things. But eventually, you're going to find out that none of those other things are truth, but Jesus is. And when you find out the true Jesus, when you meet him, and when you find out who, who he is, as according as is written in Scripture, uh, it's, it's there. It, it's right there. It's, it's not obscure. It's not hidden from us. God wants to reveal himself to us through the person of Jesus Christ, and he will and so um, I, before we go to break, I, I just want to tell you that um, there is a true Jesus, a living Jesus who is alive forevermore making intercession for you, and he loves you. And that's who we're going to talk about today. we got to take a break. Glad you're listening to Ask the Preacher. We will be back in a few minutes, so please don't go anywhere. We'll see you uh, about 538, somewhere like that. Now back to the second half of Ask the Preacher for this afternoon, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church of North Lakeland. Here's John Free. So in John chapter 14, 
This is where Jesus is asked some questions. Jesus, you know what? Jesus liked answering questions, so that's why we have a question and answer talk show. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, you, you read through the Gospels all the time. Somebody's asking him something. Sometimes they ask him in order to trip him up. Sometimes they ask him out of genuine curiosity. They really want to know. Sometimes they're looking for clarity. Uh, sometimes they're they're looking for an, an answer to a problem uh, in their own life. And, you know, that's the reality when it comes to people. Um, people come to Jesus, so to speak, for, for various reasons. What, what disturbs me sometimes is why people leave Jesus. Um, I think God will draw people to himself any way he possibly can. What disturbs me is why people leave. Um, it's like it just blows, blows my mind. Um, but I, I do want to encourage people in this. Uh, this, this just it, it seems like it would be simply known, but it just hit me like a ton of bricks the other day in a conversation with an elderly woman in our church, precious lady, Miss Phyllis. And uh, Phyllis Oliver and and we were just talking out on the on the front porch of the church, uh, the the walkway as as people were leaving a service, and and this came to me. Um, do you know what you find at the end of your rope? Jesus. Do you know what you find at the bottom of your barrel? Jesus. Now the reality is, he was at the top of your barrel and he was at the top of your rope at the beginning of your rope. He was there the whole time. But, but what happens is when we have nowhere else to turn, we have a tendency to turn to the only thing that still remains, and it's God. It's through Jesus. It's truth. It's the Word of God. It still remains. And so then we turn to him, and we say, Jesus, can you help me? And, and he doesn't say, well, it's about time you ask. I've been here the whole time. He just simply says, yes, I will. Uh, and so re- regardless of all of these things that, that we come out, whether you agree with them, whether you want to argue against them, argue for them, um, I, I, I want you to, to, to go away knowing that John 3.16, John 3.17 is absolutely true. God sent his Son to save the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him the, the world might be saved. Now, that's my short version of 3.16 and 17 together. Um, but the big question— who is this Jesus that God sent? Yeah. Who is this Jesus? Yeah, well, and I, are, are you folks ready to dig deep now? I, I've I mentioned before, if you've listened on the uh, to me on the show when I'm when I'm here, I'm a nerd. I like to dig deep, and I'm going to give you a crash course, so to speak, in about five minutes. But I, I promise you, this will change the way you look at not only the Bible but you can clearly define who Jesus is. And and this really is a, a, a big topic for me because it amazes me. People I know, they believe in a different Jesus than the one described in the Bible. And, and it concerns me because of what we talked about in the first segment. A lot of people have a Jesus that they call Lord, that they worship and they follow. It's just not the biblical Jesus. And so I want to go through some scriptures, and this may offend your 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 sensibilities of what you heard before, but take it with a grain of salt and and let the scriptures make it plain to you. And I want to start in Deuteronomy 32. So I'm going to give you the the real quick version of this. We could probably do a 20-hour study on it. But in Deuteronomy 32, starting with verse 1, Moses is writing, and it's a song of Moses, which, again, that song will actually be sung by the saints in the, uh, the coming day of the Lord. But in this song, you can read it on your own. Deuteronomy 32, 8. The short of it is this. There is a God, and his name is Yahweh. 
And what happens in verse 7 and 8, it's pretty interesting. It says that when the Most High, this is verse 8, divided the nations, their inheritance, and he set apart the sons of Adam, and he set the bounds of the people according to, in Hebrew, the benign Elohim. Some of your Bibles, like King James, will say, according to the children of Israel, but that doesn't... Making it natural. Well, no, it's a bad translation. (laughs) It is. That's from the Mesoretic text, which is a a very Zionist, pro-natural... Pro-natural Israel. Natural Israel. What the Septuagint, the Greek, and the Dead Sea Scroll texts say is the benign Elohim, which means the sons sons of of God, divine spiritual beings. And this is from what happened. We talked about this uh, during the the study of Jude from a a week or two ago. At the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, after Noah's flood, humanity rebelled against God again. They built the Tower of Babel. They started to have pride in their heart. And so God divided them up, caused confusion, spread uh, the nations apart, divided their language. And he gave those people groups, those nations, over to these divine beings. The word in Hebrew is Elohim. It is what we call God. God. G-O-D, Elohim, right? So stick with me, folks. He gave all these nations to these other gods, but something happens. We're going to skip a little bit to Psalm 82. Now, in Psalm 82, and, and this is how it all ties into Jesus, and you'll see in a moment. In Psalm 82, it's only eight verses. And so I'll read it to you. And it says this, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. What? You mean the Bible's not a monotheistic book? No, it's not. There are other gods. Now, let me preface it with this. That's why God had to say, have no other other gods before me. There are other gods. There are other Elohim. But there are no Elohim that are like Yahweh. Now, where do we get the name Yahweh? In Isaiah 42, verse 8, it says, My name is Yahweh. I will not share my glory with any other. So his name, whether it's you can it's yud Hey vah Hey. Those are the yeah. letters in Hebrew. Some people pronounce it Yahweh. Some pronounce it yud Hey vah Hey. Some it pronounce it Jehovah Yahuwah. over time. And yeah. I don't care how you pronounce it. It's this uncreated God, right? Yeah. So this Elohim is species unique. There are other Elohim. But there are no Elohim who is like Yahweh. And the scriptures always talk about that. Who is like our God? How great is our God? Deuteronomy 32 talks about it. All of the Psalms talk about it. But anyway, in this Psalm, Psalm 82, it says that God, Yahweh, stands in the congregation of these other gods and says, How long, you other gods, will you rule unjustly? So this is talking about Deuteronomy 32. But at the end of this short chapter... Verse 8, it says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou, God, Yahweh, Yahweh. shall inherit all nations. Okay? This is the setup. This is why all human history is the way it is. These other gods have been ruling the nations unjustly. Now we're going to look at John chapter 10 real quick. Okay, so before we hit John chapter 10, we have God, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. We have... The nations, which were divided, which was biblically, correctly, biblically said, divided amongst the children or the sons of God. Right. 
And now we come to John chapter 10. Right. And Psalm 82 says that those it's, gods were ruling unjustly. And Psalm 82 verse 8 says Yahweh. Yahweh is, will, will rule them rule, all. Rule them all. And so there's some other verses we just don't have time to get to, but you can look it up on your own. Isaiah 24 verse 21 talks about this. Isaiah 34 talks about this, how God, Yahweh, will judge these other divine beings. But in John chapter 10... The story behind it is this, that the, there were some religious Jews who were going to stone Jesus. And Jesus says, well, I've done a lot of uh, works Great from thing. my father. So yeah. which one of these good works are you going to stone me for? And they said, verse 33 of John 10, 33, the Jews answered him saying, the good works were not going to stone you. It's because you're blaspheming, because you, being a man, have, have said you called are yourself God. Yahweh. You have called yourself Yahweh. And this was Jesus's answer. Is it not written that in, ye are gods? In your law. Jesus is quoting Psalm 82, and he's declaring himself to be the second Yahweh mentioned in verse 8, that he is the Yahweh who will rule all the nations. So yeah. he was setting himself up and saying, look, there are other gods. Don't get mad at me for, for declaring myself to be the son of God, to be Yahweh. But just, just so we're clear... I'm not just a deity. I am Yahweh. The Yahweh. I am the uncreated God. That's who Jesus was establishing himself as here in John chapter 10. And that's vitally important that we understand that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it in depth here when we come back from the break. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone number to call in. Ask your questions. Join in. Give us your comments. 863-682-1430. Hang in there. I hope we've we've uh, given you something to think about. We're going to be right back after this break. And now back to Ask the Preacher, your chance to have Bible questions answered every Friday right here. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's George and John. We have a good time during, during the breaks. But that, it's a good thing there's a light on in this room, uh, Eric, because when you hit that on-air light, it's like, oh, okay, we got get, get to uh, get back to what we're doing here. Hey, thanks, folks, for listening to Ask the Preacher today. Uh, we, we hope you gleaned something. Um, actually, not just gleaned something. We, we want to deeply impact your life. Uh, we we, we want to help you. Um, get out of a thinking of well, if I'm a if I'm a good person, all will be well with me. Uh, there is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. There mm-hmm. is a God in heaven who loves you. And and as even the caller James who who called in earlier, there is only one way to God, and that's through uh, the 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 lordship of Jesus Christ through the work that He did as Messiah, as our Redeemer, as the Passover lamb as the one who, the only one that could take away the sin of the world. And it's through faith and what he has done. That is the only, only, only way. And so that is, that is why we are here. Um, we're, we're not, we're not trying to be mean. We're not trying to, to uh, make, it, uh, make it difficult or eliminate people or, 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 or say, you know, oh, there's, just a, there's just a small group of people who— you No, know, but the Bible does say narrow is the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it is very clear that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, and so this, this is important— 
to realize uh, just because you, you know, a lot of the world thinks that, you know, well, I'm an American. That means I'm a Christian. Of course, America is falling away from that. Um, and, and to some degree, it's a good thing because even America is coming into the idea is like, I ain't going to heaven because I'm American. There's only one way, mm-hmm. and that's through what Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has has done, and so it's not just um, you know. Well, I read a book, or I went to church, or or I prayed a prayer, or, or whatever. We want you to have a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you know, just before the break, we were talking about. Um, I was trying to give you the real condensed twenty plus hour study of Jesus. In five minutes, I told you, you couldn't do it. Jesus five. is Yahweh, and again, I you know, this is a big thing for me because there's a lot of people out there who believe in a different kind of Jesus. They yeah. believe in a Jesus who is the brother of Lucifer. Well, that's not who Yahweh is. No, not at all. They believe in a Jesus who now, was just a good man. Let's, well, hit, let's hit a couple of those things that, as you go. Lucifer is a created being, and Jesus was there from the beginning. Lucifer was, was not, not there from the beginning. He does not sit uh, on the throne of God. He wanted to sit on the throne of God, but he does not. Correct. Um, and the other, uh, Jesus was a great prophet. Uh, is that that was you said? Yeah, next? he was a good man, good teacher. You know, this and he was loving hippie kind he of thing. He was a good man. Uh, but when Jesus was said, uh, "Good master," when he was referred to as good master, he returned to the man and said, "There's none good, no, not not one." Uh, so he wasn't. He wasn't um, taking pride, if you will, in the in the fact that he was good, uh, in the fact that he had had no no sin. Um, he was a, a great teacher. They called him rabbi. He was an incredible teacher. Was he a prophet? Was well, he certainly spoke prophetic things, things of past, things of present, and things of future. Uh, but those were were elements of of who who he was in a, in a in a sense, uh, not the wholeness of yeah. who he was. He covered all of the bases and everywhere in between. Keep going. Yeah, no, there are some people who believe that Jesus is less than other saints in holiness, mm. and that's a that's a big that's one. A far and way. I I hope that does. This is just me speaking personally. I hope that does offend some people, and they start looking into it because if you believe that Jesus is less holy. Than certain people like Mary or Peter yeah, right. or Paul, you are not believing that Jesus is Yahweh, who Jesus claimed to be. Therefore, you're believing in a different Jesus, a different God than the God of the Bible. There are some people who believe Jesus is just a state of consciousness, that we can all evolve into that God consciousness. Well, that's not what's... Or even said into this Christ-likeness in an ethereal uh, way. Right, from, of... from within ourselves, apart from him. That's not it either. Mm-hmm. He is Yahweh, who is in flesh, who died for us and rose again to pay the law's demand for divorce so that we would be dead to the law's demand of capital punishment. And now we can be one with him by receiving his nature, by faith, not by our works, but by faith in what he did, his penalty of the cross. Whose? Yahweh in the flesh. Yeah, God himself became flesh. The same God who in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke, let there be light, the one who led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the one who spoke to David, the one who spoke with Abraham. That is who Jesus is. Anything else is a false God. Anything else is a doctrine of demons. So 
kind of going back to my original question, in this warning that Jesus gives, in that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done all these things in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Which Jesus are you putting your faith in? Is it Yahweh in the flesh? Or is it a Jesus of your own liking? A Jesus who suits you? And, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were studying Jude. The problem with the children of Israel is they made a golden calf, not because they were trying to worship another god. They wanted to worship Yahweh. They just wanted to worship a Yahweh on their own terms in an image that suited them. And he took no pleasure in that. So don't make idols based off of your own dogma. I, I want to, uh, we're, we're coming to a close here, and, and I want to bring in just a, a couple scriptures. One is uh, out, of, out of John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, mm-hmm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you drop down to verse 14. Uh, John 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, this is speaking of Jesus, God, the Word, present in the beginning, with God, was God, became flesh. And then I want to go over to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 13. Revelation 19 and 13, and it says, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And so um, get to know him through his his word. I, I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God would come to you in the name of Jesus. Hey, folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. Uh, We're from Believers Fellowship Church. We just want to invite you to join us. Visit us online. It's the easy way, believersfellowship.com. God bless you.